0: Welcome to another episode of Framing New Heights, where abundance is the answer, ceilings don't exist, and beliefs have no limits. Please welcome your hosts, Coach Mike and Coach Tone.
1: (laughs) Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Framing New Heights. My Guy on the other side from Denver, Colorado. Coach Tone, what you got today?
0: What's up, what's up, what's up? I think we're going to talk about how exercise and working out it's going to kill us early lead to a premature death
1: yeah and this I'm, I'm glad you found this for our listeners out there tone sent me this tiktok it's about this doctor y'all and we're about to debunk every possible comment that he made where he talked about how exercise does not increase life ex- expectancy and then what he did was he used the example of professional athletes. Am I correct, Tom?
0: Yeah, basically, the premise of this guy's uh, speech. And we're not going to throw any names out there. What I gathered is he's a professor or doctor of some sort and was giving an address to a room of individuals. His findings were that exercise and athletic performance essentially lead to an early death. And we think that's funny. It's
1: hysterical in a sense. What I want to do is he talked a lot about professional athletes and he talked a lot about how these professional athletes don't live for up to 100 years. So let's just put things into perspective for a second, y'all. First of all, how many of you know people that have lived to 100 years old? number one, right? Has the science changed? Are things becoming better? Are there more people living to a hundred? Yes. Okay. For, for you to, to use a hundred, hundred age frame reference for human survival, because chances of anyone living up to that long, here's the percentage is less than 5% currently right now. And, and then what's crazy too, this doctor referenced all of these athletes tone of that didn't live. For long life expectancies, and well, I've got a list right now to debunk every single one of them.
0: (laughs) And to play devil's advocate just a little bit here, I think we can also both agree that at least what I've seen in the news and other sources of media, like social, for example, you know, on the... TikToks, the Instagrams, things of that nature. I will admit that there has been a rash of premature deaths in athletes, bodybuilders. You know, you hear the cases of football players collapsing on the field, Mm. bodybuilders dying at 40, 50 maybe, sometimes 30, sometimes very early. So just to play devil's advocate a little bit. Go for it. There are cases of quote unquote, or at least observably healthy, fit athletes dying prematurely
1: but let's i like that you actually brought that up because i want to go in on that let's actually let's do it yeah let's talk about what is the actual percentage of the world population of let's just say professional athletes here's the crazy it's a (laughs) yeah it's a it's so think first of all pretty big drop of when you consider that less than one percent of the overall population plays professional sports Here's an even better better statistic. In fact, the number is well under 1% according to NCAA, NAIA statistics, and just 1 in 250 college athletes go on to play professionally. So you know what that represents? 0.4% of college athletes become professional athletes. So... And the other thing, two-tone, let's talk about cause and correlation, right? Yes. You, you follow what i going? Get into that. Go. Let's do
0: that. Let's yeah. do that. Go. So correlation does not equal causation. Bam. Okay. First and foremost, simply because there are correlations between two points mm. does not mean that one is the cause of the other. Am I yeah? How am I saying that?
1: No, you, you exactly. It's it's exactly, exactly right. And so just cause versus correlations, meaning correlation describes an association between types of variables. When one variable changes, so does the other. A correlation is a statistical indicator of the relationships between variables. So then these variables change together, all right. And then this correlation isn't necessarily due to direct or indirect cause.
0: Here's probably the most ridiculous example Go. that I can think Let's of for this piece of the conversation. 100% of people who drink water will die. Exactly. exactly, exactly. Water exactly. is not a cause of death. Okay? Right. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> we, <laughs> we, can, we can draw parallels and connect dots however we want but one does not equal the other
1: it doesn't and tone i want to lay this out here too so let's just let's just dive in a little bit to what he actually talked about right sure sure okay let's just say he's true let's say some of it's true and then he also referenced the couch potato right am i correct mm-hmm. in this tiktok yep. in this tiktok viral yep yep he referenced- but let's think about this for a second y'all Yes, you can lay on a bed and get this, this IV fluid put in you and just lay there. But let me ask you this, y'all that are listening. What's your quality of life? These professional athletes that he referenced to, you don't think they enjoyed their life, whether it was for 30-some years, whether it was for 50-some years, whatever it might be. What is your
0: purpose, man? Well, what is wh- what what is, What is your reason why, you know? Kind of rewind a little bit about what you uh, referenced back there. He's talking about the couch potato and having an IV full of fluids with a particular compound in it. And basically to, to put some context to that was this gentleman found in his studies that the athletes and fit people who were dying prematurely were all deficient in selenium in their systems. They, they had a selenium deficiency, a micronutrient, so to speak. So just to put some context to that, what we're talking about here with an IV and a couch potato and living a long life, yeah, sure, you could have an IV fluid that delivers all of your micronutrients necessary for life, and you would perceivably live a longer life framed around this context. Am I saying that?
1: Yeah. Correct. Yeah, you are. But then the, it's the quality of life. And I don't know if you recently seen this. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if you recently seen, there's this, there's this diagram that came out of a video gamer. And I want to go into that and <clears throat> give the paint, the visual, but I have the visual here. There's an actual for, so they did this statistical study of a video gamer, basically a couch potato. We can, we can agree to that. He has, mm-hmm. this person has an indent skull from pressure and overuse of headphones. Okay. They've got dark circles around their eyes because they're sleep deprived and because they have excess excessive screen time. They have this hunched back, which is basically poor posture over time, right? They're obese from an increase of food intake and lack of exercise. They've got this sense of pale skin discolored deficiency in in vitamin b12 and d because obviously we know sun is important they've got these things called playstation thumbs where they're repetitive strain from excessive use of controllers and then there's this other thing called nintendo arthritis which basically is an acceleration of of hands from excessive controller use and then they have also have these things called varicose veins y'all where they have poor blood flow from just sitting down for long periods of time. And when you actually look at this image, are you truly happy? Like, I get it, doctor. You you got the gist. He took such a small percentage of athletes, but I can debunk that as well, because there's a lot of professional athletes, and I've got six of them that I could name that have lived for quality life. But that's just the thing. Are you asking yourself the right question? If you want to be that couch potato, what's your purpose then? What's your reason why? How are you? What's your progress in life? Okay, let's say you get through a video game, a stage. The video game ends. Now what? What are you going to do then? So that whole mantra of that couch potato thing, and 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 then where are the endorphins on that quality of life tone? Where do, where does that come into play? How do you live a quality life based on his whole synopsis of that piece?
0: Well, I mean, the the thing that comes to mind on that is it's those short term dopamine hits the addiction that comes with that as Mm -hmm. well Mm
1: -hmm.
0: don't get me wrong I played my fair share of video games but at the same time I was encouraged as a kid to go get outside and go play right and when we're in the health and fitness and personal development Mm -hmm. sphere we talk about you can get those dopamine hits in short form, quick mm-hmm. form by those likes and social media and video games or porn or yeah or certain foods or gambling or sports betting or just those types of forms of entertainment that that release a, a quick dose of dopamine. We've talked about this numerous times on the show or we can get sustained dopamine releases. Mm-hmm. From activities like movement, work, things that we find Gratif- fulfilling yep. and satisfying, mm-hmm. gratifying, things like that, right? That produce a more sustainable happiness and quality of life, which is what we're talking about here, right? And I like what you mentioned here, too, is the quality of life factor. And I think the most prime example of that that I can think of is Ronnie Coleman. Mm. And then Jack LaLanne. I know you know who that is. 100%. He was the juice guy. He's the juice guy. Jack LaLanne Juicer. He was one of the founders of modern-day fitness through the 1900s. And he lived to be 19, uh, 96, but he was a pinnacle of health and fitness for his entire life. Absolutely. And Ronnie Coleman is 59 years old. I think we can agree. If, if you don't know who Ronnie Coleman is, he was an eight-time Mr. Olympia. Right, he has the record for the most Mr. Olympia. Sure does. Titles bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. That guy's a, a monster. Yep. Right, and, and he was squatting eight hundred pounds, deadlifting eight hundred pounds, and things like that. He did some amazing things with his body. Now at almost sixty, he's just this side of crippled, really. But he is a. If you watch him, he's a happy individual. He still works out. He broke his body for his profession. Mm-hmm.
1: But again, if we take the statistics there, Tone, the numbers. Are small, right? It's it's small. And going to back to what you had just talked, you just did mention a good life. A good life is when you smile often, you dream big, you laugh a lot, and then you really realize how blessed you are for what you have. I'm gonna give you an example. We're talking about quality life. For those of you that don't know, I just had a pretty major surgery. This is day three of, of my actual surgery. As I'm in as I'm prepping. And I'm getting hooked up for all of this. And for those of you that want to know, I have a I I had an indirect inguinal hernia. I'm in there getting prepped. And the nurse goes to me, Wow, Mr. Hicks or Michael, you've such a such a low heart rate. Your heart rate's 56 for 50 years old. We don't, we don't, we don't see that. Like it's really good. My blood pressure, really good. So I say all this. Because let's just say we entertain the piece of this doctor using these. Let's say there's a surgery that you need to get in your life. It doesn't have to be what I had. It can be something else. And you have that couch potato syndrome, that sedentary lifestyle where you're not building equity and sweat inside the gym. How quick is your recovery going to be when you get out of it? How fast are you going to recover? Man, I was walking. The first day I went for a walk. I went for a 1.6 mile walk. Now for me, that's like the lowest end of the spectrum in my fitness area, but I did it. I'm walking. I'm moving. I can bend. My point to all of that is if we're not setting ourselves up for discomfort and putting our body through some some type of exertion, and I'm going to get to the sweating part because he also dissected that and I'm going to debunk what he said as well. If we're not setting ourselves up for a stronger, healthier life, and I've also got statistics on what moderate exercise does for our body, how are we living a quality life, Tom? With all the the nurses talking to me about all that, they're like, "You're gonna be good." I anticipated, man, being up for two weeks, you know, not getting off. Like, imagine, imagine having a core that is just full of visceral fat. And you just had this this surgery, this hernia operation, and you got to get up from the couch. How is that going to work for you?
0: Not so well. I don't imagine. And here's the deal, too. So just to speak of my own experience, I appreciate you sharing your story and putting that out there. I think it's important for people to hear these type of things. I have the the philosophy that I'm not just training in the gym to train. For our listeners and people who know me personally, I'd be in the gym eight days a week if we had an extra calendar day. (laughs) You know, but I'm not training just to train. I'm not just training for the gyms for the sake of training. It's, it's I'm training for life. And here's an example. I was thinking about it this week. Is, is uh, during the winter time. I have numerous experiences personally of stepping off a curb onto black ice in the wintertime. I've been able to catch myself. Like my feet have literally slipped out from underneath
1: Dude, me. Yes, go in on and this. I and I
0: can ca- and I can catch myself. Yes. And, and, and have the balance yes. because I've worked on I've worked on functional fitness and training in the gym to work on things like balance and stability, reflexes, agility, power, mm. things of these of this nature yep. that have direct correlations to my day-to-day life and have come in handy at the times when I least expect it. Or there's been times when I've literally ate crap, so to speak, and my, I've lost my footing. Landed on my ribs on a curb i can i 'm thinking of a of a very specific incidence right here, but the fact that I have strong bones from training that 's one of the physiological responses of of strength training that we know our bone density increases we become more literally resilient and strong and my i like to i think of the term bulletproof of course nobody 's really bulletproof, but that 's my mindset when it comes to training so there's times that I things happen in life that could really injure me, mm-hmm. and my training has come in handy in those circumstances.
1: Right, we train for life. Exercise is vital for life. There's and and to debunk what this doctor is talking about. There's a, stu- a study that happened and published. I think last year in July of 25 in the journal circulation, where they analyzed 30 years of medical records, where they talked about more mortality data and they took a hundred thousand adults and they enrolled them in this program. Researchers found that people who followed the minimum guidelines for physical activity for about 150 to 300 minutes per week of basically moderate to intense activity, And or 75 to 150 minutes per week of vigorous intensity activity. Here's the key. Y'all ready? Reduce their risk of early death by as much as, jump roll please, 21%. But people who exercise for two or four times the minimum were able to lower their risk by as much as 31% from other types of diseases and things of that nature. I'm glad we're having this
0: conversation. I have a list of 10 bullet points. Get it. That support our arguments, and we can kind of just go back yeah, and forth yeah, in the conversation and yeah. things like that. So, number one, numerous studies have shown that regular exercise mm-hmm. is associated with a reduced risk of chronic diseases, mm-hmm. such as heart disease, mm-hmm. diabetes, and some forms of cancer even. Yep. For example, there was a meta-analysis of 305 studies involving over 8 million participants found that higher levels of physical activity were associated with... With a significantly lower risk of all-cause mortality. So, what I take from that: reduced risk factors of all causes of death across the board. Yes. So, <laughs> and, and so, and to comment on on this gentleman's TikTok video. And maybe we can provide a link in the description for this so people can check it out for themselves. The argument being that there were trace, again, deficiencies of selenium in their diets and vitamins and minerals and things like that. So this is the question that I've asked people through my fitness and health journey Mm -hmm. uh, over the past 15 or so years is, do you want to look fit or do you want to be fit? And he's talking about athletes at a high level who are sometimes 4% body fat, very low Jacked, shredded, lean, high performing athletes, great, cool, but their diets suck. Yes. Okay. And we talk about this so much on this show about how important nutrition is and the food that we intake. So, I mean, if you're a high performing athlete and you're just ingesting gummy bears and, you know, pepperoni, processed meats, yeah. and, and whatever, what have you, and your diet's trash, sure, we can make the case that you're not going to live life to your fullest, right? And we have things like inflammation and osteoporosis that can come on down the line and and, uh, muscle deterioration and atrophy over a period of time. And, you know, you you can experience things like sprains. There was a gentleman that I, I met in the gym. He had lost 30 pounds and he was a younger guy, younger guy in his 20s. And he was overweight for however long he was overweight. And this was a, a number of years ago, I think at least six or so years ago when I remember having this conversation with him. And he lost a good amount of weight mm-hmm. in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. But he was starving himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was experiencing injuries mm-hmm. because he wasn't losing healthy weight. He was nutrient deficient at the same time. And so that we can look at things like anorexia, people who struggle with body dysmorphia, you know, maybe bulimia where they binge and purge and they're robbing themselves of certain nutrients and they might be achieving their desired outcome of the weight loss or the physique that they might have, but they're starving themselves in the process.
1: Yeah. And, and to echo on, on top of that as well, the center of disease and control prevention, also, besides what you had talked about with some of the cancer's tone, don't forget about cardiovascular disease and don't forget about type 2 diabetes. And so many Americans, just we can just say from the American perspective, how many of y'all know somebody
0: in your circle that has some type of heart disease, some type of heart issue? And the thing is, to be a hard case on this, not to shame or put anybody out, but. These are all directly related to lifestyle choices. It it is.
1: And he talked about too, he talked about sweat, how how these athletes would sweat this soup. I want to just break down to you guys, everybody that's listening out there. I'm going to give you eight benefits of sweating. Here we go. Number one, it regulates body temperature. All right. Number two, it detoxifies your body. Number three, guess what? When you get sick, it actually helps heal your wounds. The next one, number four, protects body from germs. And, Tone, we talk about this so much. The next one, what does sweat do for you? It enhances your mood and lowers your stress hormones. Then Also, then promoting quality sleep, right? Also, skin. It improves your skin and your health care. Your kidney function. Yes, your kidneys are one of your most resilient organs. But sweat, it benefits and improves that function. And then as well as decreases recovery time after exercise. And I'm going to probably butcher this quote a little bit here, but if you are preparing for war, and I was, I'm using surgery as my war, I'm going to bleed less in war. You follow what I'm trying to say here,
0: Tone? The phrase being, the more you sweat in practice, the less you bleed in war. And so you're preparing yourself for... Amen. In your case, no. an unforeseen battle. You didn't expect this to happen. Exactly. But you know, you never know what's going to come across your, your plate in life. And the way you lived your life has a direct mm. correlation. And in this case, I would say a causation of your speedy recovery and your ability to weather this storm, so to speak. And to kind of play off of your... Your point here, too, is there's a common phrase that smooth seas don't make a skilled sailor. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever got really skilled at their craft by having an easy road. I was just listening to this earlier this week as well, is that you're going to pay at some point. And if you do what's difficult early, you typically have an easier road on the back end. And you can apply this to any aspect of life, I would argue, not just here in the gym, not you can put that into your finances of being disciplined up front and sacrificing short term fun, so to speak, and have a better outcome on the back end. Or you can blow your money Guilty here, of course, as charged, of having a fun time up front and then suffering the consequences on the back end. So we can apply these concepts to any aspect of life, really. You know what I mean? Is that you're going to have to pay the piper at some point. You can pay up front and have an easy time on the back end, or you can have a good time up front and pay the price on the back end. Yeah,
1: and the best. And here's the thing, y'all: you don't have to be wealthy to invest in your body. That's just the greatest thing. Health. This stuff is free, right? Health is one of the (laughs) greatest gifts. We can have on this planet, you know, we're, for those of you that don't know, we record this on Sundays and God rest my mom's soul, but she's now in heaven, but it's mother's day today, you know, she didn't, she didn't live a quality, healthy lifestyle, which this is the reason why she died at age 63, you know, so my point to all of that is health is one of the best investments that you can give to yourself daily but it's but it's also got to come you got to invest the time it's got to be part of your lifestyle 20 to 30% of people that exercise have a less increased risk of death compared to those that live that sedentary lifestyle so again going back to the whole thing bringing it all back these individuals that he talked about the professional athletes remember it's such a small percentage of first of all the world but secondly Man, they 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 had to love their life, man. He referenced Babe Ruth, man. Uh, first of all, y'all, if you all don't know Babe Ruth's story, he number one was a womanizer and he was an alcoholic. This dude drank a lot of beer, a lot of time, all the time. Uh, Jim Thorpe, uh, another guy too. So, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Like it's just like again, the cause and the, and the correlation piece they go hand in hand with that. And this episode was brought to you by Elite Nutrition. You guys want to be a sponsor? Make sure you ask and check us out on our email. If you can't sleep, aches and pains, and you must check out Evergreen Full Spectrum CBD Oil, all you got to do is go to the website, superfungummies.com, and to enter in the wonderful promo code is new heights. They have 1500 milligrams and 3000 CBD oil milligrams from pure Amish hemp, third party tested, nothing but the best. When you enter in the promo code, you can save almost fifty percent. Regular retail is one thirty nine. You pay fifty five for the three thousand milligrams, one hundred run for the fifteen hundred milligrams, and guess what? You pay forty one for just entering the promo code. New heights. Now back to our schedule program.
0: There's a, a common phrase out there. It's a sad truth that most men live a life of quiet desperation Ooh. and the majority of the population sadly mm. will never know what it's like to sacrifice mm. for what they want out of life and i would argue i don't know any of these people personally of course babe ruth jim thorpe lou gehrig the greats muhammad ali who had a uh, Ended up with Parkinson's disease. And oh, I'm not sure yeah. if there's any data behind um, his brain trauma from being a boxer and if that if that related to his Parkinson's and things of that nature. But I personally, from my seat here, would like to believe that if they had a chance to do it over again, sure would. they would do it the exact same freaking way. So this is speculation. That's just my opinion if we want to put it out as an op-ed, so to speak. But to, to, to bring it back to what we're talking about here is debunking the notion that if you exercise and you're a high-performing athlete, that you're going to live a short life and die in your 20s or 60s or 40s, whatever the case is. Um, I've got a couple more bullet points I want to go through. Yeah, get it. Um, you mentioned cardiovascular health, right? Um, exercise has been shown, mm-hmm. proven. To improve cardiovascular health by reducing blood pressure, improving cholesterol levels, reducing inflammation. Cardiovascular disease is a leading cause of death worldwide. So reducing these risk factors of developing this condition is going to have a significant impact on your longevity. Number three, exercise has been or can help to maintain healthy body weight, which is associated with a reduced risk, again, of chronic diseases and mortality, obesity, obesity is a major risk factor for a range of health problems, including, again, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and cancer, which we talked about. And here's the deal, folks. In America today, the obesity rate's 42%. We can even draw lines here that since the 80s, in men, average testosterone levels have decreased 1% per year since the eighties. So a a healthy male in the mid eighties would have almost a 40% higher level of natural testosterone in a system than a healthy male in the same category today.
1: And I'm going to go in on exactly what you said. For those of you that are males out there that are listening, if you are not sexually aroused, you are not healthy. There's EBT, there's erectional dysfunction for this, erectional dysfunction for that. The hymns, not, not bashing, trying to bash anybody. Just
0: what what are we doing? That's the thing. It's it's we've we can watch the decline of our activity levels. We can watch the decline of our um, our dietary choices and intake. Yep, that are again having a direct relation back to this. So in that in this in this regard, I do support what this gentleman on the TikTok video that we're discussing is is saying is that our nutritional choices are leading to deficiencies. We can agree on that point for sure. I agree. Yep. Right. Yep. And then, you know, what we're talking about here, we're not active. Folks, we have a 10,000 year old system in, the, in this body. We are not meant to live in cubicles and watch screens all day and play video games. You know, if you're a man listening to this, we are built and designed to go out and hunt woolly fucking mammoths and saber toothed tigers and hunt and produce mm-hmm. and provide and do these things. We are still operating with. A millennia old operating system here in 2023. And these things that we're talking about the video games, the screens, the being inside, the living in cubicles and not act, the, the sedentary lifestyles is not how we're designed.
1: Yes, I, I can't agree, agree more. And then I often drive and I always see these fast food restaurants, and I know I'm going off a little bit, maybe in a different area, but the lines are crazy. You sit in a vehicle. To basically eat food that's not nutritional and value for you. And you can say whatever for those of you that are listening, you wanna say, oh yeah, well, I earned it. Well, do you love yourself? I'm gonna be frank, I'm gonna go in a little bit. And let me just say this. So, why not align to work out when you can just increase your longevity in life, where you'll feel better, you'll have a sense of purpose, a sense of accomplishment, your relationships will be better. How many of you honestly can say, The people that live that sedentary lifestyle are truly happy. Are you really happy? It's the thing that that gets me really fired up. And I want to go in a little bit. I do agree that nutritional and supplementation is critical, especially for professional athletes, right? So professional athletes get their shit beat up. They do. However, whatever examples you want to use, if you don't have a proper dietitian with you, when you're at that elite less than one percentile of mastering and, and your heart rate is jacked, I get all that stuff. Supplementation is absolutely critical.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And and so to just kind of loop it back to what you mentioned specifically about sweating, right? So that's one of the reasons why we have things like Gatorade or not even just Gatorade, but just drinks with electrolytes and carbohydrates. So you can replace and replenish those. Minerals that you're going to lose during sweat help recover. And that's where I, if you're going to exert that much force, exercise, energy, whatever term you want to use here, it's vitally important, Mike, that you recover yep, 100%. and replenish to the degree that you exert yourself. To kind of continue on bullet point number four that I have resistance training builds lean muscle mass, which has been shown to reduce the risk again of all cause mortality across the board. Because lean muscle mass is associated with improved metabolic health, your metabolism being your energy levels, simply put, and a reduced risk, again, of chronic diseases, in which we also talk about protein. There's a good number of the population that are also protein deficient. And the standards that are put out there by the FDA and all these different governing bodies are recommending vastly low numbers. Unfortunately, in this case, to relate it back to athletics, of course, somebody who has higher muscle mass or is more active in the gym or taking care of their health and fitness is going to have more protein requirements than somebody who's not. But that doesn't mean that just because you're sitting on the couch doesn't mean you shouldn't take in more protein. And that's one of the things that I hear from a lot of folks that I I just put out a post on Facebook asking people what their biggest problems are in gym and health and fitness. And a lot of people are talking about that they have uh, uh, sweet tooth or or cravings and uh, cutting out carbs and and, and their carbohydrate intake and their sugar intake is super high. My stance and argument to that point is what's your intake of protein Mm -hmm. looking like? Because likely you're not taking in much protein and so you're snacking more. You're not full. So you're overeating in other areas. And then also a high protein intake is going to help regulate your blood sugar as well. So these things again are related or correlated to our original point.
1: Yeah. And just on top of that two tone is fruit. Y'all fruit is if for those of you that got those cravings late at nights, man, y'all gotta eat more fruit. You're, you're missing out on your sweet tooth. You can eat, you can overeat on fruit. You you can And here's the other thing tone with what you had talked about. You talked about strength training as we get older y'all. Our bones become brittle. Strength training, guess what? Protects you from bone health. You just talked about this tone about falls and stuff like that. It supports bone destiny, osteoporosis, all those things. That's critical because here's the thing. As we get older, the biggest issue for individuals is falls. I had a beautiful lady, rest her, bless her, bless her, bless her. She lived above me. I live in a condo for those of you who don't know. She lived to 102 years old. Her demise, she fell.
0: I've heard that many, many times. That unfortunately, when you have later in life, an incident like this, it's sometimes a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Sure is. Unfortunately, you break a hip, you break a femur and you're 60, 70, 80. Unfortunately, that can be a death sentence because it's so hard to recover from those. Going back to your situation here, you just turned 50. You just had a a, a surgery and the way you live your life is having a direct impact on your recovery here. In a positive mm. fashion. And you took you, you took bullet points eight and nine out of my mouth already. Osteoporosis, especially important for women. Mm. Yes. Who unfortunately are at a higher risk for osteoporosis later in life. Bone disease as well. And then we're just talking about outside of bone density and osteoporosis and things of that nature. We're talking about just mobility mm. and the ability to move. Yep. And I like the phrase that mo- uh, movement is medicine. Oh, 100%. On a number of, on a number of different levels. Mm-hmm. And so we're reducing the risk. To your point again, of uh, the risk of falls, other injuries, and you're a, a, able to maintain your independence later in life. You know, if maybe maybe you don't want to go live in the home, the nursing home, mm. or the hospice. Mm. You know, no. Don't get me wrong. Nobody gets out of here alive. Right. Everybody on planet Earth has a destiny.
1: But we can do things along the process to benefit our life, y'all.
0: That's just the thing. That's the main point here. Yeah. And then, and, and then, and so the, going back to quality of life here, I think we had touched on it briefly earlier in the show, was that we're talking also about improved mental health and reducing risk of or symptoms of depression, anxiety, and overall well being. And you've mentioned it multiple times is your quality of life. You know, we know that we have. a a greater sense of happiness because of the endorphins that we release during physical exercise. And there is a sense of satisfaction from growing and developing and finding your purpose and just doing things that you feel proud of. And that doesn't mean you have to look jacked with six pack abs or, Be a bodybuilder, whatever the case is, but just being healthy and fit and taking care of yourself, it brings brings that back.
1: It's remarkable what exercise has done for me in my life. It's incredible how much it's gotten me out of bad situations. It's incredible how I could have gone down the road where I didn't have much tutelage when I was younger. I was in trouble a lot. I was that boy that was getting in trouble stealing, doing stupid shit. Basketball and sports was my echo out. And I didn't have really a father growing up. My teachers were, they were my mentors and stuff like that. Y'all got to remember this. And this is kind of like my final thing here, Tone. We need to understand that life's not always going to be comfortable. And we got to put ourselves through, and then maybe it's 30 to 45 minutes a day, being uncomfortable doing a situation whether it's an intense workout exercise. Maybe it's that run. Maybe it's that resistance-based training that, that Coach Tone talked to you about. Because when we get into those dark moments in our lives, and I just went through one and I was scared shitless, ain't going to lie. Our faith has to be important, but you also got to take care of the temple that you have. We have one body. We have one temple. You got to take care of it. We can't just go buy a new body. Not yet, y'all. Not yet. You can always buy a new car, but you can't buy a new body. My
0: last bullet point real quick, along the same vein of happiness and quality of life is... Exercise has also been shown to improve cognitive function and reduce the risk of cognitive decline, dementia, and things of that nature, which is, of course, also going to improve our overall well-being and quality of life. Amen. You get one shot at this, you know, and what's the point of having this beautiful, amazing human body with all this functional ability if we don't freaking use it, you know, and uh, you can even go back to the Stoics of... Ancient, I think, Greece and, and Rome said that, again, going back to the, to the men in the audience, is that you don't have the right to not explore your, your physicality. And there's a uh, there's another video I saw recently, and this is sad. There was a individual who was loading their car, and they had their baby in a stroller next to them. And due to either the wind or the slope of the hill that they were on, the baby's stroller started running uh, rolling down the hill towards traffic, busy street. And this individual tried to chase the stroller and made it like three feet and fell. Couldn't get up off the ground, was unable to save their baby. And thankfully there were some bystanders or passers-by other individuals in the area who were able to run down the the stroller and and stop it before it got to traffic. Again, going back to the fact that we're not just talking about looking jacked and having a six pack and all these different things, but I do not want to be that father who couldn't save my baby in the case of something unexpected happening. You know what I mean? Like that gives me chills, bro.
1: No, it does. I I always articulated this because I've I always tell my youth, because the, the whole zombie, I'm going to kind of reference it from a different perspective. Let's <laughs> say there's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Am I right? Right? Are you physically able to move away from
0: them? Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. If you're a liability, you can't join my team. <laughs> yeah, right. <It's, laughs> right. You know, right. Um, if there's a zombie apocalypse and you're out of shape, I'm sorry. You got you to see do. ya. Yeah, you're a liability. You can't, you can't, we can't play together it, we, we make jokes, but it, it really is a serious thing. Think about it. Zoom out. It's not just, you know, when you hear this so much so often from people that are, that I talk with that are trying to get in shape or, or they want to, but they have some apprehensions and a very common response that I hear is um, I'm not a gym person.
1: Have, how do you, how do you rebuttal on that? Because I got mine. Then what are you? What what like fitness correlates with success in relationships, with your business, with your life, with your longevity, with your relationship with your kids. You just mentioned that beautiful, well, sad but beautiful kind of story. The baby was okay for real, like for real.
0: That's where it comes to like like you you mentioned your my response to that is so we got to find out. Kind of we can you know this might be an a topic for another episode we can dive into it but what are your belief systems around this what do you view a gym person to be and unfortunately i I think that social media has done us a a bit of a disservice in this regard is that you know when you see gym people on social media typically it's you know it's asses and shirts off and you know things like that so that might not speak to everybody or, or or might not everybody might not identify as a Instagram fitness model, or you know, I I listened to a guy a podcast and he said one of the things that helped that held him back from being in the gym and being healthy for a a very long time was that his image of people who were in the gym was, um, oh, you're in shape, you must be an asshole or a douche or a tool or something like that. So his perception of people who were healthy and fit was a negative one. And he didn't want to be that. So it held him back from exploring his own fitness until he was able to overcome that misconception. Are those
1: excuses? You follow what I'm saying? Like, it's so easy when we go down this hole of like, oh, I can make every excuse in the book. I just had surgery. I, I, this hurts, that hurts. Well, why does all that shit hurt?
0: Sure, 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 sure. I understand what you're saying there. There's a difference between, I think, though, um, excuses and, and giving yourself a way out than an actual, like a core belief system. Gotcha. You know, it's my philosophy that people that drive Subarus are assholes.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't want to drive a Subaru. Uh, it hurts when I laugh. Thanks for making me laugh. Uh, so we can just look at this. There are certain core beliefs and subconscious programmings and, and foundational values that we might sit on that could hold us back from from exploring these things because we might have certain belief systems that, that govern our, our decision-making or, or things that we're willing to explore or not. Or we can even go back to mom and dad guilt is a very deep-rooted I think, fear or belief system in a lot of the parents that I've spoken with, and I'm sure you've heard it as well, too, is that that mom guilt felt is, is a real thing. Like I know a lot of parents who feel bad about going to the gym or taking time for themselves it is. because they feel like it's taking away from their responsibilities as parents and family, when in reality, doing those that work on yourself is actually going to, you know, if we can shift that belief that doing that work will benefit you in those regards and not take away from it so it's just a shift in perspective and so there's a kind of a fine line to go back to your point yep. my opinion of of what's uh, what's an excuse and giving yourself a way out and what is just a misbelief or misconception that's really holding you back that maybe we can work around and just shift that mindset going back to mindset we can talk a lot about as well too there's there's something that you like know it. and i you know i, like I think it. coming to the top of the hour and i, I really enjoyed the show there's there's something that uh, i want to kind of leave with my own personal story and you've probably heard me say this before without getting long winded about it is that it's been my experience that what I do in the gym with my health and fitness, develop confidence, focus, doing hard things, overcoming challenges and adversity, even in a controlled environment that I'm putting myself in has a direct correlation and impact into the other aspects of my life. To your point, um, business, success, relationships things like that, they translate into the rest of life outside of the gym in areas that aren't necessarily directly or observably related to my health and fitness. And they do have a direct impact on that. And you mentioned quality of life. There's a poem here that I haven't read in quite a long time, but you talked about how we're living our life and you know how satisfied are you. It's called The Dash Poem by Linda Ellis. Here we go. I'll leave you guys with this. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke the following date with tears, but he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For the dash represents all the time that they spent alive on earth, and now only those who love them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live in love and how we spend. Our dash. I'm actually getting a little choked up reading this. <laughs> so think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel. And be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remember this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about you, how you spend your dash? Live a good life, folks. Be active. Boom. Love yourself. Treat yourself well. Amen to that. Exercise, be active, eat well, and understand that when you do these things, everybody else in your life benefits. And there you have it, folks. If you would like to learn more about how we can help you improve your life in mind, body, spirit, health, fitness, leadership, relationships, and all aspects of life, feel free to reach out to myself at lionleadersfitness.com. I'll also put a link to my private Facebook community in the description as well. And I'd love to hear from you and see how uh, maybe we can be a good fit to work together. And at the very least add value to each other's lives.
1: Are you coasting through life? Well, I guess what I help high achievers rebrand their inner as well as outer self through the synthesis of my mind, body and soul program through my holistic perspective. The client in just 12 weeks, that's you will obtain an enhanced version of themselves by regaining a sense of direction, purpose and reconnecting with fitness and changing that mindset when you go from the passenger seat to your life into the driver's seat you are able to refine and sustain your consistency achieve self-growth through positive mindsets empowering self-narratives and finding a connection with your bigger purpose if you're interested set up a small consult with me for 30 minutes go to live www www.livetothrive.com. And as always, we strive to be better just like you guys in 1% of mind, body, and soul. And most importantly, everybody, stay stay flexed. flexed.
0: Love you guys.